Welcome to the journey of you, where we equip you to think with purpose, empower you to act in purpose, and encourage you to live on purpose. Hi, I'm Tony. I love to learn and I love to teach. As a coach, I get to do both. I get to learn about you and about the ways that I can help you. Then I get to teach you how to reach those goals you've set for yourself. Infidelity in my marriage has affected me unlike anything else that I have experienced. It stripped me of my confidence and self-worth and caused a level of insecurity that wasn't there before. I lost sight of who I was as a woman before I ever became a wife or a mother. But through God's love and grace, I slowly began to see myself as he sees me. Loved, chosen, accepted, enough, worth dying for. I realized that my identity was solely in Christ, not in a man or his actions, or his search to validate things in him that had nothing to do with me. I matter, and so do you. That's why I want to help you see yourself the way that God sees you, one mindset shift at a time. In order for you to get started today, you can go to www.thejourneyofyou.net forward slash five truths. Again, that's www.thejourneyofyou.net forward slash five truths. And let's get you started thinking with purpose today. Hello, Journey of You family, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, we're sitting down with my cousin, Michelle, and I cannot wait to talk to her and let you all hear a little bit more about her journey. So I'm going to let Michelle introduce herself, and then we'll get started. Michelle? Uh, my name is Michelle McMillan. Um, I am by trade or by calling a registered nurse. I'm married with one daughter uh, who's in college. And um, that's me. I love it. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about that college part too, because how it, how has that transition been of having your daughter in college and kind of being an empty nester now? Oh, it was hard. And she just turned 20 on Thursday. So that was very hard for me. And she was out with a friend. She didn't even come over to the house because she's living in one of the college apartments. Mm -hmm. She didn't even come by and get her birthday gift. I guess she was just having fun. But, you know, I understand that's how life is. I mean, she has to grow and develop and find her way. Definitely, definitely. And when she was first leaving and, you know, kind of finding your way, what, what was that transition like for you? Um, it was really hard. I kept trying to convince her, well, we can save money if you just stay home. You can just stay home. She's just right over. Um, we live in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. So she's right at one of the local colleges, um, North Carolina A&T State University. So, I mean, it's just right up the road. So I was like, well, it doesn't make sense. You know, I was trying, but I was doing it for me. So I had to stop and say, Michelle, listen, you know, you have to let her find her way in life. And, you know, you wouldn't ever want her to say, well, my mom, you know, held me back from developing and being who I need to be. So I had to stop it. I understand yeah. that completely. And finding who we are isn't always easy. It's a continual journey. So I know yeah. you being a registered nurse, was that what you always knew you wanted to do? Or how did you even discover that? Uh, I did know uh, when I was about five, I, it just came to me where I know it was Holy Spirit just showed me that I was going to be a nurse. And I was telling everybody and 
uh, I was going to be a nurse when I grew up. I was going to be a nurse. I was going to be a nurse. And um, as life, as I went through life and um, trying to find my own way, I felt like, oh, that's going to be too hard. So when I first went to college straight out of high school, I decided, oh, I'm going to do social work because I can still help people, you know. (laughs) And um, as God would have it, that was not what I was supposed to do. So I went through a lot of trials and tribulations during that time to get back to um, the path that God had me on. So it was like... uh, like you said, an aha moment, like, oh, okay, you're just not going to, if you listen to God, you're not going to get away from what he has for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. true. so true. <laughs> knowing from five, first of all, is like amazing that you knew that young what you wanted to do. But even as like life happened and you were going through that social work path and the transition of let me get back around, what would you say with those trials and tribulations was even the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome to get back on track of where you need to be? Well, um, I don't know if you know this, but I was married one time before. No, and I didn't. So, yeah, so I was in love with this um, young man and I just, it, it was just <laughs> one of those times in a young woman's life and I was just so in love and school became a second thought. Okay. So I wasn't doing well at all mm-hmm. and wound up being on academic suspension, um, got married to this young man and wound up moving to New York because he was in the Marine Corps. Okay. So that was where he was stationed. And, um, you know, we were both young. We had no business getting married and, you know, trying to assimilate, assimilate into a marriage, into a new um area where we were living it was just difficult for both of us so at the end of that I came well while I was there in New York I wound up getting a job as a personal care aide Mm -hmm. and all of the people that I took care of I'm not bragging or anything they just loved me and um one of the men who was a relative of one of the ladies that I was caring for um, was like you know what you should try to he would say I wish I had the money I would buy a big house and just get older people and let you just take care of them because you're so good at it. And that's when I remembered, I'm supposed to be a nurse anyway. So um, I thought, well, the young man and I didn't work out, but I didn't want to come home and have to start all over. So I thought that I would go to school there, but school in New York is so expensive. Mm -hmm. So it was just meant for me to come home, regroup, um, I decided, like I said, to go to back to college, and um, I went, and the rest is history. I love that. I love that. And just even that, like you said, that moment where he was like, well, you should do this, you know, for all of these people if I get a home. And you were like, oh, my goodness, I'm supposed to do that anyway. It was kind of like that checkpoint of, okay, here's kind of like wake-up call, you know, let's go back to this. And so even with coming home and going back to college, I'm sure that in and of itself was a lot to like take on and, you know, to come back home and start over. How, how was it that you were able to walk through that transition? Well, um, my mom was really good about that. Um, I was able to come home. I was able to move in um, with her and she did not make any demands on me. 
I guess she was just so happy that, you know, I had decided to go back to school. I didn't have to pay any rent or anything. I worked, I did work at a local hospital during the time I was going through college. So all the money that I made was mine. So she was very um, supportive that way. And um, at first I had to go part-time because I was working full-time. So um, that was challenging, um, trying to get my classes to jive and fall in the right place. But once I got back into the rhythm of going to school and getting it back in my system, I was able to um, be very successful. I love that. I love that. And when you say registered nurse, that encompasses so much. There's so many different areas in the medical field. How did you know like which path you wanted to go, whether it was with children or emergency room? Like, How did you figure out where you should be in terms of the nursing field? Well, at first, I really didn't know because when I um, first came back to North Carolina, I worked at a local nursing home and it was scary for me um, working at the nursing home. So I, like I said, I transitioned to the hospital and I worked there and I was working in an ICU where I did, I knew that that was not going to be what I wanted to do. But I noticed that every time I had an elderly patient, I just gravitated towards them. So the older population has always been, um, I guess, in my heart. Mm-hmm. So I would um, work in the ICU all through uh, college. I was a nursing assistant there. And then I was what they call a secretary monitor check, where I watched the heart monitors, transcribe orders, got out of school. And then I worked on the um, what they call step down, which is like intermediate care. It's not ICU, but it's not the floor. I did that for a while. And then I went into the float pool where I was like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, after I worked at uh, Cone Health for 25 years. Wow. And yeah, 2019, I transitioned to an insurance company, Aetna CBS. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what made me think I could do that because that was totally out of the scope of nursing as far as patient, you know, the intimate patient care interaction with the patients. Mm-hmm. So I just recently, um, November 14th, started a job with uh, a Thor care hospice. So um, it just seems at first that hospice was really scary for me when I took care of hospice patients in the hospital. And I was like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. But um, it was really, you know, it was like God was just like, well, this is where you, he took me through that whole 25-year journey at Cone Health and the insurance for me to know that that was not for me mm-hmm. to bring me to this point where I am now. That's amazing. That's amazing. And now, because you said November 14th, so I'd say that's right almost at a month. Have you felt kind of just like fulfilled? Like, yes, this this is where I'm supposed to be. I know you're still getting settled, but what are even your thoughts now knowing that God has brought you full circle and you're right, you know, where he created you to be? Well, just seeing patients, um, being able to talk to family members. Um, I did have, well, I was working with, working with a preceptor and we had our first loss on Thursday. So that was tough. Um, I went in to introduce myself to the um, gentleman's daughter and she was at the bedside teary eyed. And so um, it it's hard not to know what to say, but not saying anything sometimes is the best thing. So I just kind of stood there with her for a little bit and just told her, you know, if she needed anything to let us know. But 
by the afternoon, he was already gone. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. And that, that seems like a lot to carry. What kind of keeps you at your peace or just even your strength as you are helping families go through those transitions? Um, just knowing that we were there, that their family member was able to transition um, with no pain, comfortable, and just the peace that the families tend to get knowing that their family member wasn't suffering um, of course, you're going to be sad anytime you lose somebody, but um, most families are really, really grateful for the hospice care. Mm -hmm. They're really appreciative. And you get some people, though, that's working through those stages, and they might be in the anger stage. So, um, you know, we understand that as well, but we know that they just have to work through the, through the whole process. Definitely, definitely. And speaking even of process, like you mentioned the 25 years that you were at the hospital and then even your time at the insurance company, while you were waiting for God to really show you like your exact purpose or even getting to the point that you're at now, did you ever feel like you were in the wilderness or how did you even just hold on during those times? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a very time. I mean, there were lots of times of frustration Mm -hmm. There were lots of times of just, I'm not really a crier, but there was times when I guess I experienced anger. I experienced anger a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I just waited. And um, my faith carried me through. Um, I attend one of the local churches and, you know, it was like there was always a inspirational sermon there, but it, it there were times when it did feel like, God, are you even hearing me? Do you even know I'm here? Yeah. But yeah, I just waited. I just waited and just waited. Definitely, I understand. And the waiting can sometimes be the hardest part. And it seems like that's usually the longest part of the journey is the waiting and having to hold on during those moments. So even for people that are listening right now, maybe they're in that wilderness moment and they're in that waiting period and maybe they're ready to give up or they just don't have anything to hold on to. What would you say to help them knowing your experience? What would you say to help them at where they're at right now? I would just tell them you have got to have that faith and you've got to wait because I made a lot of mistakes and I deterred, um, I guess, my destiny by getting in the way and meddling in it myself. That was a big problem for me, just getting in God's way, thinking I can meddle in. And, you know, well, I'm going to help you. <laughs> We've all done that. God, let me help you with this. But um, <laughs> that is the thing that you have got. And even I still struggle with that now. Well, God, let me just do this because I want this to hurry up and happen. So I struggle with that even now. So I'm not just talking to everybody else. I'm talking to me too. You have got to wait and just have faith and just ask God that verse that everybody says, that Paul says, help me with my unbelief. Yes. Um, yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And I think really we all have done that. Like, God, let me help you out. Like he needs our help. <laughs> right. And I've even heard, and the Holy Spirit has even said to me, well, I can't do what I need to do if you keep putting your hands in it. He's actually said that to me. And I'm like, still oh. trying to. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You talked about how it, has, it deterred where you were supposed to be. And 
but I love the fact that God still brought you back. So even when we do put our hands in it and try to help God out and he just sits back, you know, and he'll wait for us to get it together, but he still brings us back on track. So I love the fact that he's faithful in that, that even if we do get off track, he's going to bring us back where we need to be. And it all works out because there were lots of times I was in the wilderness and I just was like, man, I've wasted time, but he uses it exactly. I mean, have have you experienced that where you felt like, man, I wasted that time or what would have kind of been your thoughts? I have. And I've had to go back and repent and ask God, Lord, God, please forgive me for wasting all that valuable time that I could have been living for you. Instead of being angry, I could have been ministering for you instead of being angry because I spent a lot of time angry. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that that was what I was struggling with as well. Wasting time. For sure, for sure. And I've, and I've dealt with that anger that you're talking about too. And it's like a lot of reflections lately of like, man, I have spent a lot of time being upset, angry, angry at things that I like, had to go through, angry that I allowed myself to go through certain things to your point that were of my own doing. And it was just like, God, like, what do I do now? But he's still, we're all works in progress. So he's still working on it, but he brings you right back you know, where you're supposed to be. So even knowing like where you're at right now, what do you see even going forward in terms of just purpose and your journey and what you'd like to do? Um, I just see myself just letting God just show me what I need to do. I'm uh, working on just letting him lead me because like I was just, like, we were just talking about whenever we try to think we're going to lead ourselves, it don't turn out well. <laughs> so I'm just learning to just be still, try to listen try to um, read my word more. I'm right now I'm working on trying to uh, pray. Um, sometimes it's really hard to pray sometimes. I don't know what that's about, but um, that's been something that I've been trying to work on too, praying and not being so repetitious, saying the same thing over and over all the time. And I will say one thing that helps with that in terms of being hard to pray. A lot of times I think it's, of course, the cares of this world and the enemy trying to silence our voices because when we pray, of course, we're stronger. And even in that part of like the repetition, like I think about the Lord's prayer, you know, that's how we're supposed to pray. And so oftentimes, even with the kids, you know, we'll start with the Lord's prayer and then we'll pray, you know, after that. But now I just try to bring it to God of like, it's a conversation. I'm just going to tell you whatever I'm feeling. And I kind of take off that pressure of I have to say this, or I have to cover this, I have to do that. So it's just that conversation because he wants us to come in holy as we are whether we're mad angry happy sad whatever we're feeling and so I'd say that helps too that even it's just well God thank you for waking me up this morning that's a prayer and so if it takes you five seconds if it takes you 10 minutes whatever you can get in just as long as you're having those conversations with him so it's not like oh man I didn't pray today it's just as soon as you think about it just having those prayers and conversations with him I think will just help that communication keep going so it's not the man I didn't pray today that way it's not that pressure or something that, oh, I prayed and we can check it off. It's just that genuine relationship and conversation. I say, I feel like that's what makes it a lot easier. Exactly. Well, do you have like a go-to scripture that's kind of like that one? I know you talked about um, God helping with my unbelief. Are there any other ones that you hang on to? Uh, I mostly just hang on to that one because a lot yeah. of times, I mean, that, you know, doubt will try to come in and um, it's always... You know, the enemy trying to tell you, getting in your head. And then sometimes it's your own self telling you, well, you can't do that or 
you don't deserve that or what makes you think you, you know, so. Definitely. I totally understand that. And even because you talked about even like your career in the course of your career, but what about even in terms of just life in general and life happening? Like how has that journey been for you and have you overcome, you know, transitions even with that? Uh, Yes. um, You know, some, when you're married, that can be, you know, it's like the Bible was saying too, when you're married, you look at how you please your spouse. When you're single, you look at how you can please God. Mm -hmm. So those times, even though I had been married before, um, it wasn't very long. So just going through um, the challenges of marriage and trying to get to know each other and um, trying to understand one another and not look to have your own needs met, but to understand that there's another person that has needs, that has uh, a background as well, trying to understand that person. Um, just coming to that point of trying to understand what another person has been through um, has been uh, the challenge, you know, trying to understand my husband and what makes him tick or what makes, you know, him act certain ways that he acts. Um, that was challenging for me. So once God was able to show me, well, you know, you got to understand where he, his background is and um his upraising and you know that can help you to love him the way he needs to be loved but then you know how we are as women what about me what about me what about me so (laughs) (laughs) just (laughs) just getting to a point of just um trying to be humble and think about the other person that's the where I'm struggling with now but uh, it took me a while to get there you know just the frustrations and why are you acting like this and um, but once I, once God was able to quiet those voices and get me to a place where I could understand, then, um, that's been, and then I'm trying to raise my daughter and I'm mm-hmm. trying to make sure she has, uh, the background and the support that she needs as she's grown up and, um, become the person so she can become the person that she needs to be without going through all the trials and tribulations and the, yeah uh muddling through uh life trying to figure it out um yeah the life of a mother and a wife is <laughs> yeah it, it, very it is a lot to balance for sure <laughs> it is <laughs> and then still being you in there and not getting lost in all those roles and the understanding i think is huge um especially like you said with two becoming one and having to figure out you know how do you balance each other because to your point, you did both come in with separate stories and separate lives, and now you've got to figure out how to bring that together. But it doesn't mean that everything that happened prior to you getting together didn't happen. So it still has an effect on you. And so how do you walk through those things without your spouse feeling the brunt of it? So it's definitely a delicate balance. And then even with your children and teaching them, it, it's a lot. You, The Holy Spirit is like literally the only thing that can help with all. <laughs> we that is true. For sure, for sure. So um, I want to ask you, I know that we're coming to a close, so I just want to know if you'd like to like even pray us out for maybe there is a woman out there that she is in the middle of all those roles and trying to figure out her purpose and not lose sight of herself and what to do next. And she's not sure what to do. I'd love if you, you know, could pray and just help them with, you know, those next steps. Okay. Uh, Lord God, we just come to you today and we just ask that you would just Give us what we need, Lord God. 
We ask, Lord God, that you would touch women all over and reveal yourself to them. Reveal yourself to them, Lord God, in a way that they will understand and know that it is you, Lord God, who is um, speaking to them and talking to them and leading them, Lord God. Um, lead us all, Lord God, to have a heart for you and a heart for others, Lord God, that we can be strong, Lord God, and bring other women into others' lives, Lord God, that can be in support and be helpful, Lord God. Um, help us in this way, Lord God, that we will always praise you and we will always worship you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today, Michelle. I truly enjoyed Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. For sure, for sure. And I'll have to have you on again because even that last part about like balancing motherhood and wife and we could have a whole nother conversation about that. So we'll have to. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much to everyone who joined us today. We'd love to continue the conversation. So please click the show notes and let's keep the conversation going. Thank you all so much and have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. We hope that you are leaving feeling equipped to think with purpose, empowered to act in purpose, and encouraged to live on purpose. If you aren't sure where to start and you would like to have the first five truths to help you build that foundation to start thinking with purpose, head over to thejourneyofyou.net forward slash equipped. Again, that's thejourneyofyou.net forward slash equipped so that you can download those first five truths of getting you started to think with purpose and really pursuing all that God created you to be. I'm excited to do this journey with you. Remember, this is your journey. It's where your life begins. <laughs>